Hi, everyone, and welcome to Obsessed. Ooh, that right there is Ariana. <laughs> I, just lost my, I just lost my breath. <laughs> Jeff, you can never be a singer. Oh, my God. Even though you are, though. I just, like, can't sing long um, notes. <laughs> Everything will just be very short and sweet. <laughs> my turn. Okay. Oh my god, I highly recommend that everyone do that because it's like the most fun thing ever. Oh, it's like, it's kind of therapeutic. <laughs> it is, and I use my abs for the first time in a very long time. Yes. I forgot they were there. Um, <laughs> anyway, that is the spooky Jeff. Oh, thanks for that introduction. But yes, happy Halloween, everyone. It's officially Halloween. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we hope you all had a great Halloween weekend. I hate that Halloween's on a Monday. Remember, it was on a Saturday, but it was like in the middle of COVID and everything was canceled. <laughs> right, and everyone's like sick. Thanks so much for this happening. Like, what the fuck? Now it's on a Monday and we're like ready, we're back, we're trying to do things. I know. Um, but but it's hopefully, also- this episode is the most exciting piece of your Monday Halloween. Oh, it should be. It must be, yes. Because, like, everyone's back at work, like, back to the routine. But, hey, mm-hmm. we're here to entertain you. So, to entertain you today on All Hallows <laughs> Eve. No, that's the night before. No, this this is All Hallows Eve. It is All Hallows yes. Eve. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I know, it's kind of confusing because it's the, it's the eve before All Hallows Day. Which is right. November Which is 1st, the first. I think. I don't know mm-hmm. if All Hallows Day is the actual. <laughs> I think, name. well, isn't it All Saints Day? Yes, All Saints Day. Also known That's as All Hallows Day. Yes. So. Also known as Feast of the Saints. <laughs> also known as Feast of the All Hallows. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Would it be obsessed oh, unless we... also th- known as... <laughs> there's more? There's more? Hallowmas, <laughs> like Christmas, but Hallowmas. Oh. Also known as the solemn, solemnity, solemnity, sol, sol, oh my God, I cannot pronounce this mm-hmm. word. Solemnity? Solemnity of all saints. Oh my gosh, I cannot pronounce that word. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's yeah. Well, we're gonna call this All Hallows. So <laughs> we're call- yep. That that's the one that we're gonna go with. Um, but I do love the others though, Jeff. And I didn't know about most of those. Me um, I love Hallowmas. <laughs> Hallowmas. <laughs> um, to so to further celebrate Hallowmas and All Hallows Eve, um, we are going to share some urban legends with you all. Yes, we did have an Urban Legends episode last year or the year before. Who's keeping track? Not us. But um, <laughs> this one, we actually reached out to our listeners to see if anyone had spooky urban legends from their own hometowns. 
Mm, ugh, I love when we do that. And of course, you all delivered because some of them are pretty friggin' spooky. They are, yes. And yeah, and we just, we thought it would be a little bit more of an interactive episode for the last of our spooky season this yes, year. Yes, I know. Right before, you know, Mariah Carey's currently defrosting before she hits the, the top <laughs> 10 charts again. So before that happens, we're going to hit you with one last spooky episode. <laughs> Actually, yes, she does come to life. All Saints Day. Yes. And I think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, so, yay! Okay, yay. we're going right. into Ari, it. Let's kick it off. <laughs> cool. All right. So when you were a kid, did you or any of your friends share spooky tales about like a creepy old house down the street? Uh, Yes. And also like maybe, you know, maybe there was a local urban legend about a haunted road where mysterious and unexplainable things occurred. Ooh, yes. (laughs) We all have those legends from our hometowns shared among everyone that lives there and passed down from generation to generation. Yes. And while most of these stories are told to scare you or teach you some kind of lesson, there is a chance that they may possibly be based on actual events. (laughs) So (laughs) grab some sage. Lock up your children. (laughs) And let's hear some spooky hometown urban legends that our listeners submitted. Yes. Oh, and also Ari and I have some spooky stories of our own to share. Of course. (laughs) Chock full of them. I know. (laughs) Speaking of Ari and I, Ari, you have something that you wanted to share, right? Some spooky legend. Yes. So this one is pretty quick, but kind of blew my mind. And I think everyone, everyone, regardless of where you grew up, knows about this urban legend. So we've all heard about razor blades and candy, right? Like it's Uh, a thing. Literally, yes. (laughs) I mean, every I think every single one of our listeners has heard this maybe from their parents, from their school, like during their Halloween safety uh, assembly. (laughs) Yes. And like, I remember growing up and my parents, I don't think it was every single year, but like definitely when I was very little would like look through the candy or lie and say that they had to check the candy out, which is why it's all gone. Um, (laughs) That was a Sandy move. Um, She had to like protect us from it, but like she ate it all. So, um, (laughs) so is that why this is an urban legend? Cause parents made this up so that they could actually eat all the kids candy. Like, Oh, this this Snickers might have a razor blade. I'm going to go take this into my bedroom with me (laughs) and eat it. Can't say I blame them because, to be honest, I probably would try shit like that as a parent. <laughs> um, but, but one, I think it's interesting that the like the the whole concept of razor blades or like knives being in your candy is alert an urban legend. Like, right. I truly thought that this had to happen enough for parents all around this country and elsewhere to be so concerned with checking candy. Yeah, it's, but, pr- it's probably one of the most widespread urban legends that, oh, yeah. that there are that surrounds Halloween especially. Because I remember even as a kid, we would always dump out our candy bags on the, the yeah. on the floor or on the dining room table and like check all the candy. 
Yeah, or like poisoned apples. Remember that too? Like, yes. not, no one was really giving out apples anymore, but like, that was a thing we heard. Yeah, that's weird. And I would not eat an apple that someone like dropped into my candy bag. <laughs> um, literally, no. Uh, especially when I have like chocolate available. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not picking an apple. Not up. the fact <laughs> that it's like so bruised and like dented and scratched up, <laughs> the apple. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. I don't care about anyway. that. The fact that it's like healthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it turns out that that is actually an urban legend because there's only one instance in, in this history um, of of this happening. And it actually happened, um, well, it was actually done by a parent to their child. Oh, so, my God. To, like, yeah. teach them a, a lesson about Halloween safety or... I believe that was the case. I didn't look too much into exactly what the reasoning was. I really hope that it was, regardless, it's terrible to do, but I at least hope that there were good intentions to teach a lesson as opposed to like harm your child. But mm. Mm. <laughs> I feel like there are better, mm. better ways to teach your child a lesson than to put a no, razor blade in their candy. <laughs> I fully agree. Um, but yeah, it's only happened once by an actual parent to their child. And it's so wild to me that that one instance spread so far, so fast that for like decades it was passed down. Um, and still something that people are afraid of to this day, but it does not happen. And I mean, this is not, I don't want to get in trouble. Of course, if, if, God forbid something like does happen to someone. Definitely check your candy, but like it's not something that occurred enough for it for everyone to be so fearful of this specific thing. Right. Yes, and it's it's always been that thing. Like I feel like that's the whole concept of an urban legend. It's like you know of of someone that this has happened to, but it never actually happened to you personally. And right, but the thing is like so scary or so so like unfathomable that you rather believe it than be the second or third person exactly. this happens to. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I think there's I mean, I I know that when I have kids someday, or even Sprout, if he goes trick-or-treating, I am checking <laughs> those dog checking. bones. Those milk bones, I'm checking all of them. <laughs> oh my god you have to but yeah and, and actually that urban legend spread as far as new zealand Whoa. like it was something that didn't even happen there um but something that they like abided by as well and were fearful of so I mean, it really took the world by storm people are nuts though like i i don't doubt that this this has occurred before and like it probably will occur again because people are crazy and right. There is a new one this year with the candy about, um, I believe, fentanyl. Yes. I, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw But I don't even know how you would really check uh, that. I guess if, like, a bad looks, bag looks like if it's, like, been tampered with or something, just, like, I toss guess the whole so. thing. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm, I'm also thinking, again, not that it's not possible at all because there are sick people in this world. But I'm really thinking someone who's, like, trying to do drugs is, like, not wasting it on little children. That is very true. But, yeah, definitely, yeah, check your candy because it could check have your candy. knives, razors, other substances that you do not want to ingest. So just be careful. Be smart and stay mm-hmm. alert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this next story was submitted by Danny Romanello, um, who is also the host of his podcast, Barely Bearable. He has also been on our podcast in um, our Serial Killer episode and our Scream episode last year. And today, he is back to bring us two spooky tales. Well, one of them is kind of spooky, and the other one is just flat out disturbing. <laughs> but um, okay, Danny, take it away. Hi guys. Okay, so, um, growing up, my sister and I would always talk about this man in the woods and how he used to eat children and whatnot, but it wasn't really an urban legend. We just kind of convinced ourselves our neighbor was a serial killer. Um, I can't think of an urban legend off the top of my head, but that's the only thing that really comes to mind. The other ones are, uh, probably not suitable for your podcast because they're, um, Let's just say dirty. Thank you so much, Danny, for that clip. And everyone, after Danny sent that clip, Ari and I were literally like, all right, you need to send us that other story you have. We don't care how inappropriate it is. You need to send it to us because you already hyped it up so much. And Danny did, and he delivered. All right, so take it away again, Danny. Oh, my God. I know so many dirty urban legends. So one time there was a girl. Um, I learned this when I was like 10. Like, I had a weird childhood. Um, she was on a bunk bed and she was on top of the bunk bed and she um, was masturbating with a broomstick then fell off with the broom and it went through her and she died. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Danny really did deliver with that second one. I mean, talk about disturbing. I, I personally have not heard of that urban legend, but um, I will maybe repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's something that I, after hearing that, I was like, you know what? Maybe that's something that someone shouldn't be doing on a bunk bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of, like, interesting choices yes. that um, were made. I'm just thinking of, like, the splinters. Like, ouch. Ooh, there are just some things you shouldn't put in certain parts of your body. Um, yes. There's a, Actually, there's a, a very long list of things you shouldn't. Uh, put there but you know what when the going's tough and you just you got you, you know you just, uh, maybe very resourceful yeah, I would that, say yes yeah I mean hey broom, <laughs> brooms are multi-purpose <laughs> but when after after I heard this like I immediately thought of the movie bed knobs and broomsticks and I was like this story should be called bunk beds and broomsticks <laughs> <laughs> um Wait, Jeff, what is the movie Bed Knobs and Brooms, Broomsticks? It's that movie from... Oh, my God. Am I the only one that knows about Jeff, this movie? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I've never heard of this. I don't okay. think. It's a movie... Also, the main, the main actress, like, recently passed away. I forgot her <gasps> name. But it's kind of like Mary Poppins-esque. And it's, like, half animated, half live action. Bed knobs and broomsticks. I'm just looking this up to see the pick to see if I know it. Wait, what's the main actress's name while you're, while you're Wait, looking it up? Wait, I definitely, I definitely, I've seen this and they're on a floating bed. Yes, the bed is, like, at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, Angela Lansbury. I think that's her name. She yes. recently passed away. Um <gasps> 
Oh, wow. Everyone, like, look this up because I promise you once you see, like, the images for it, it'll all come flooding back to you. Yes. And <gasps> I, I uh, my grandma had this on VHS when I was a kid. And I remember watching it, like, every time I would visit her house. I also, like, lived at her house, so... I watched. I just watch it all the time because I live there. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for that, like, amazing little memory. Yes. I completely forgot about that movie. Um, and, yeah, a bunk bed and broomstick version <laughs> would be the, the, the um, what's it called? The Grim Oh, the Grim, the Grim Brothers version of it? The Grim Brothers yeah. version. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you, Danny, for submitting. Yes, thank we you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the next story, I want to ask you a little question. Have you ever dined in a restaurant and thought, hmm, it feels like someone died here? <laughs> um, well, in the Thai restaurant called Banana Leaf, located at 101 East Main Street in Mason, Ohio, that actually became a reality. Yeah. <laughs> the lovely Sam Schroeder, Jeff's partner, which is no surprise to anyone, um, sent this. And I'm very excited for you all to hear it because, wow, what a what an opening. Right? I know. <laughs> all right. Take it away, Sam. Hi, everyone. This is Jeff's boyfriend, Sam, and I have a spooky legend to share with you all today. This story comes from my hometown of Mason, Ohio. Mason is about 20 miles north of Cincinnati, and when I was growing up, it was the middle of the suburbs, but a hundred years ago, before that, it was a very rural town. We're talking like less than a thousand people, one road, a dirt road. It's like fully the, the country. So in 1901, a couple lived there, John and Rebecca. John's this retired farmer, and he did pretty well for himself um, it's noted that he had a net worth of $100,000, which if you do a conversion, that's three and a half million dollars today. And he was just like this farmer in this little town, so he did pretty well for himself. And he marries Rebecca, and Rebecca is the daughter of one of the town's founders. So she comes from, you know, an important family for the town. And together they were known for being a little reclusive. I would think that Rebecca spent her whole life in this tiny town. She marries a wealthy guy. She expects, you know, something grand is going to happen with her life. But yet she's still there and she decides that she does what she needs to do and she talks her husband into buying the biggest house in town. So they're living in this big house, but she still wasn't happy. So, you know, she's, she's married to her husband who's kind of a cheapskate and he's known for being really grumpy. John is like a curmudgeon, you know? He is grumpy about everything, and he even like filed a charge, or he led a charge with the city council to impose fines for kids playing ball in the streets. Like, he, he's just not very pleasant. So one day the two of them are talking, and Rebecca's like, John, we need a bigger house. How about one with 14 bedrooms? She wanted to have a house big enough for her family to come over and stay with them. And John was like, I don't know, Rebecca, we're 60 years old now. We need to downsize. But yet, Rebecca won that argument. And John agreed to buy them a new home with all the guest rooms. Now, in my opinion, I think 
John married Rebecca for the connection to her family. You know, it's good for business to be, to have this relationship with the family. And her, her family probably wanted to be with him too for like the money and him being, you know, good at what he's doing. So it's a bit transactional. And he didn't really like her family enough for them to be like, you know, come and live with us. And known for being kind of a cheap guy, so I imagine he didn't want them to inherit his house um, when he dies. And since he's getting kind of old and he's been in the farm, you know, out in the fields all the day, you know, he's probably thinking about the end of his life. And he's frustrated, so he decides to take uh, his night and go out into the barn and do some work. So he comes back to the house at 5 a.m. and what does he see? But his wife is dead, beaten by two blood-soaked pieces of ashwood. Rebecca's laying in a pool of her own blood. All of her bones are broke, all except for her jawbone. John was put on trial, but he was found innocent. The townspeople agreed that it was definitely some African-American laborers who snuck into their house in the middle of the night and killed Rebecca. I mean, this is rural Ohio in 1901, so they just let John go and he lived out the rest of his life in peace. 110 years later, the house was turned into a restaurant and I'm eating there with my family. In the middle of dinner, I had to get up to use the restroom. As I opened the door to the restroom, there's a mirror and I see a person's reflection in the mirror. It was me. I saw my own reflection. I hope Rebecca found her peace and is better off without her grumpy killer husband. The end. Thank you so much, Sam. I definitely think Rebecca's husband killed her. And um, Ari, after Sam sent this clip, I um, I was so interested in like, first of all, dining at this restaurant. I was like, Sam, why have we not gone to this haunted restaurant? And he told me that it actually closed. And after, oh. doing, after doing some research, apparently like any business that opened like at this spot, it doesn't last for very long. And I don't know if it's because of like the supposed hauntings or just, you know, bad energy there because of what, what mm. happened. But um, I would love to dine in a haunted restaurant. That's like totally my, <laughs> that's my dining scene. <laughs> that's absolutely your dining scene. Can <laughs> confirm. Um, it, it would have to depend on exactly what happened for me to, to dine there. Right. I think like casual hauntings or like ghosts and stuff is fine, but you know me with, with, like demons so yeah. if there's any hint of that like i'm not going right um but yeah wow this was like a really great story and i'm not surprised that literally any business that opens up on these grounds is haunted doomed. or fucking yeah. doomed like it's just it's not gonna work i think they literally need to blow it all up and <laughs> blow up the whole building. <laughs> blow up the whole, oh my God, yes. Not I even mean, like like discreetly demolishing it. They, it needs to be a big event. Like blo- no, throw some dynamite some at dynamite. it. Yeah. Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> I want debris to fall like 10 miles away from that. <laughs> um. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I too, when I was thinking about it and listening to this um to this clip, I was like, ooh, do I finally go to Ohio? Right. And nope. <laughs> Can't. There's no other reason for me to ever step foot there. <laughs> <laughs> no, because banana leaf clothes. So, well, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I literally can't speak. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for submitting that clip and telling us that story. Yes. Um, 
I'm going to move on. We're going to move on to another one by, wow, I like <laughs> wish, I honestly wish that I was like, I had a reason for sounding like this. Like, I'm not drinking. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just here speaking and it's impossible. Ari, um, don't lie. You're actually just terrified. You can't get your words out yeah. <laughs> from all these stories. <laughs> No, I'm actually possessed, and <laughs> and the being like just doesn't really know how to be a host on a podcast. Look, not everyone can do it. No, they can't be as good as 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 us, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I wish I could say the reason I can't speak is because I'm possessed, but nope, it's just me, and I have a speech impediment. I took speech lessons, speech Jeff. lessons, speech classes in like elementary school. <laughs> but you you don't currently have a speech impediment. No, do I, you? I I do. It, I think it's like the how my my jaw is like formed. <laughs> I don't really know. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad it's not noticeable. One. No, I love the way you speak. Oh, thank you. Oh. Maybe maybe I was just fishing for compliments. I, you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> just an urban legend. <laughs> well. Speaking of, Jeff is going to share an urban legend with us. I am. Okay, so everyone, this one hits super close to home because it literally happened in my hometown. Um, So for as long as I can remember, my friends in school would always joke about this woman who used to walk around the Kensico Cemetery. That's a cemetery in Kensico, which is in Valhalla, New York. Um... (laughs) And so this woman would walk around in the middle of the night with a towel wrapped around her head. And they would, cr- they would call her Towel Lady. Um, and so anytime we'd like drive through the cemetery at night, uh, and we would drive through the cemetery because it was like a connecting road that would connect the two parts of town. So we weren't we don't just like take, you know, drive through the cemetery on a regular basis. <laughs> but, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Kidding. <laughs> We would always like say like watch out for towel lady um and like at this point this was like literally my whole like elementary school like middle school high school career like everyone would just like bring up this like urban legend about towel lady a few people claimed to have seen her like i didn't believe that she existed because none of my close friends ever did but um none of my close friends have ever seen her but anyway during my senior year of high school um, I used to like stay out super late with my friends on the weekends because it was like the summer before college. I was a little rebellious and it was like 3 a.m. and I was driving through the cemetery um, and, you know, super dark because, again, 3 a.m. <laughs> cemetery. Mm-hmm. I, I think you got the picture. Um, like fog was, you know, rolling across the road and like obscuring the gravestone slightly. It was like very creepy. So as we're approaching the middle of the cemetery, that's when I see her. This figure appears out of the fog and this towel lady is doing exactly what the legend claimed. She was walking through the cemetery with a towel on her head and it's literally like a bath towel. Like it looks like she just took a bath and like, you know how like women like wrap their head up in like a a bath towel? Yeah. Like that's, and like a bathrobe. Like that's what she was wearing literally 3 a.m. And like, first of all, why are you in the middle of the cemetery? I didn't stop to ask her these questions because we were all so terrified because we didn't believe that this legend existed. And when we saw her on the side of the road, we were like, like stunned because of how terrifying it was. 
and yeah and like we were like is she a real person and we we sped away as she like disappeared into the fog like we didn't know what but like jeff yes. did she look like a real person or did you, it kind of look like a you can't really i like couldn't tell you what what her face looked like i mean and i, I couldn't tell if her feet were on the ground or not because it was so foggy mm. um but like you all you really see is just like a white figure because of like her white bathrobe and like the white towel on her head but you can't really see her face but right. um okay so literally so scary because this legend actually came to life right in front of my eyes so i actually when when i was like looking up when i was doing some research for this uh episode i decided to google her i was like okay maybe if this is that like renowned of a of a legend in my hometown maybe someone like there's an article about her or something so i found this reddit thread about her and this is from the the user the tory story um because someone asked about the towel lady and like if, if she was real and this this user on reddit said she's been around for decades oh i'm quoting her by the way so she's been around for decades the cop call the cops call her midnight mary her first name isn't actually mary but that's like what the cops like assigned to her um and then this user said that she had a relationship with a man in Valhalla, and it's been going on for 20 years. They aren't married, but who cares about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> although he was ma- he was a married man until a few years ago when his wife died. <laughs> okay, this is like I don't know. Okay, um, apparently she used to go to the to the uh, community pool that this user lifeguarded at. The gentleman was a member of the board and let her in as a guest, but they would have to kick her out at night because she was impossible to get out of the pool. She would then take forever in the bathroom. Also, her bathing suit was laser thin, so you could see everything when she did a backstroke. (laughs) Oh my god, I actually love her. Me too, but, so that's just like, I don't know, someone, but I don't know how they know that this person is that person that that they see at the pool, but... Um, I don't know. It would for anyone listening. If you if you're from Westchester or from Valhalla or White Plains, if you've heard about the Towel Lady and have any other information, definitely feel free to write us because this legend is very much true. That is, I mean, the firsthand experience, Jeff, is something. Yeah, that's wild. Was, yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely scary. I'm sure she's like a super sweet woman, but. That just likes to take strolls in the cemetery at night. <laughs> I mean, or she is dead and haunting the cemetery. That's true. Super creepy. But the next story actually also takes place in Westchester, New York. And it is so such a popular and like widespread urban legend that it even made it to Ari's neck of the woods in the Bronx. And so, Ari, would you do the honors of of sharing this spooky urban legend? Yes, absolutely. So, the legend of Buckout Road um, is, like, the most memorable, I guess, for me. Not because I went. I definitely chickened down to not go. (laughs) But um, just something that everyone always spoke about, like in high school. And Buckout Road is actually in White Plains, which when I knew we were doing like another Urban Legends episode, I was like, oh, the one for me actually isn't in my own neighborhood, but kind of nearby. Jeff has to know about Buckout Road because he's he's from over there. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) And you do, of course. Um, But yeah, so um, there's a because it's so well known, like there are a bunch of variations of 
of this urban legend, the I'm, one that I'm... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm curious to, like, hear what urban legends you've heard about this road, because, like, kind of like you said, there yeah. are so many different iterations of, of like this legend. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. So the one, so the one that we talked about most, um, is I think the most well-known, but also the weirdest one. And that's, um, that's okay. So basically Buckout Road is like this street with, uh, these like really run down houses along it at, uh, at night. I'm sure you could imagine, um, in the suburbs of white plains, it's like very dark. Yep. No street lights, um, no street lights. Yeah. So, uh, so it's it's said that if you drive down the street and you stop in front of the red house, there's like mm-hmm. this little like it looks like a barn kind of. Um, there's this red house. So if you stop right in front of it, apparently <laughs> when you honk your horn three times, you have to honk the horn three times. When you do that, a family of um, cannibalistic albino people would run it's so ridiculous would run out and come chase you I I don't know actually what they do because I'm pretty sure every single person that has either seen this or have spread it like just run away yeah but yeah they would make probably eat you because they're cannibals but Um, also don't honk honk at their house I'd be angry too So, yep. So, literally, I remember in high school, my friends, like, those who could already drive were like, let's go to Buckout Row, like, in the middle of the night and go honk our our horn and wait for these people to come out. And I'm like, I could not imagine something I would want to do less. Like, absolutely not. One, I think this is ridiculous. But two, (laughs) if it is true, that sounds horrifying. Um, So, so yeah, just you could apparently drive there and be in this really dark street and then get chased by cannibals um, and potentially eaten. Um, So... Like I said, I did not go myself. I had friends that went, and I was trying very hard to remember what's what they said upon coming back. Of course, the they, they did not get chased by really anyone, but I think they came back saying that it was like spooky and like maybe something else happened. But that's the legend that I'm most familiar with with Buckout Road. Um, I think there's something else about like seeing a ghost. Who, yes. um, like, hung herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, like, the Buckout family who used to, like, live on that on that property. Because it, it was, like, at one point, I think it was owned by one family. And I think yes. there, there were, like, murders and suicides and, like, all these just terrible happenings that occurred in, in this family and on this road. And apparently back in the 1600s, there were, like, witches that were staked on the road. And prior to, like, yeah. the 70s, it was all a dirt road or like gravel or something. And there used to be like these like X's where the witches were hanged. Um, so the legend, you know, says, um, and then, yeah, I heard about the albinos too. My parents actually heard about that legend too, back when they were kids. Um, so, so that, you know, that goes way back to like the sixties and seventies, that legend. Um, but I went to Buckout road twice because I am obsessed with how close it is to like Aries and my, uh, (laughs) hometown. But, um, it is so creepy. Unfortunately, it is being developed now with like neighborhoods, but there are sections oh, of the road. <laughs> but yeah, there are. There's still like the the buck out like cemetery, and there's all these like cemeteries 
like in the wood in the wooded area completely like overgrown now um and then if you go on youtube and search buckout road this youtuber posted all these videos of the um abandoned like houses that used to be on the road that were torn down in like the early 2000s but there's a there's a lot of mm. videos um of what it used to look like but it is so creepy i think there was like a movie being made about it there were a bunch of books about it um so yeah i mean there's definitely some truth to this road because how else would like i don't know why would we know so much about it if like none of this actually happened you know no i think that's like totally i think there's some truth to it right but like yeah maybe the legend <laughs> of like cannibals coming out and then chasing after you maybe that piece of it isn't true but i'm sure that like driving over this now paved street that once was the home of a bunch of murdered witches. Like, right. a sure that has some, like, some, like, spooky energy to it. Like, absolutely. They probably um, cursed the is, land, <laughs> like, as I, they were being I, hanged. I would. Um, so, so, yeah, I just was like, I don't necessarily think that is for me. Right. Um, but I knew, I knew it, Jeff. I knew you went. I love that. Um, yeah, that was, like, that was the big one that I knew of. <laughs> Um, yeah, super spooky. Um, definitely look it up, everyone. Uh, okay, so the the next myth or urban legend that we have is also from Westchester. <laughs> Guys, these are, these <laughs> are home, hometown urban legends. So obviously a lot of them are from our hometown. Um, so <laughs> my cousin Christine actually submitted this audio clip, and I've been to this location that she's about to, to talk about. And let me tell you that it literally puts the hell in hell no. Take it away, Christine. <laughs> I hated that intro. We're keeping it. Okay. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Hi, everyone. This is Christine, Jeff's cousin and uh, Katie's younger sister. Um, I'm here to tell you about an urban legend from my childhood, which is Devil's Drive. And it was a street located in my parents' neighborhood. Um, I, I don't know what it's called. I still don't know, like, the actual name of the street. Um, but it will forever be Devil's Drive. And I just remember growing up, my older brother and sister and all of my friends were like, you can't go to Devil's Drive. Don't go in there. It's scary. It's haunted, blah, blah. So I asked around and I asked my older siblings, what's the story of Devil's Drive? Why is it so scary? Blah, blah, blah. And they told me that the devil lives behind this rock. And when you first enter this road, it's a private road and there, it's a no outlet. So it's in one way, out the same way. And on the entrance of this private road, uh, there was spray painted on these rocks that's in red spray paint that said Devil's Drive. Um, and so everyone told me that that was the devil's blood and the devil lives behind the rock. And I'm pretty sure it was just a place where like teenagers would go and drink and smoke because uh, when you would like look behind the rock, there was beer cans and stuff. Anyway, um, but I, we, I remember he hearing all of these stories that the devil's there and it's haunted and like don't go there at night because it's scary. And then uh, the, the only real story I actually remember out of all of the stories I heard was uh, told by my older sister, Katie and my older cousin Donna and they told me that at the end of this private road there was like a cute little cottage and inside of the cottage it looked like a really nice house on the outside but on the inside there were two sisters that were witches 
and they lived inside the house and they hated kids and they hated any kids on a bike and any kids having fun and so never go in there because it's scary and all this stuff. So never went in there because I was like, I'm a kid, I love to ride my bike, I don't know how I feel about witches, so I'm going to stay out of it. Um, and I think it wasn't until middle school that Jeff and I, we were like, let's go check it out. Like, this is Devil's Drive, it's so scary. And so we took our bikes in there and we realized that this private road went past this cottage. So there were there were more roads, uh, or sorry, more houses past this cottage. I don't really remember much, but I do remember when we got to one house, it was on the top of a hill and there was a really long driveway that went down this hill. And it looked like an abandoned house and there was like vines growing on the side of the house. And it wasn't abandoned because there were cars and it, you know, it looked like there were people that were inside. And I remember thinking, and this was in middle school, so it was probably, I don't know, 2005. I remember seeing on a tree stump outside a computer screen, like old school Windows computer screen. And I remember it was on. And Jeff and I looked at each other and we were like, that's weird because there's a computer screen. There was, I didn't see any cords. I'm sure there was a power cord, but I remember him and I looking at each other and we were like, whoa, this is weird. It's an abandoned place. We passed the witch's house and now this computer screen is on. And so all I remember was we got on our bikes and we rode out of there and I'm 32 years old and I still will never go back into Devil's Drive. Uh, and my parents still live in the same neighborhood and it's just will forever, again, I don't know what the name of the street is, it will forever be Devil's Drive and I will forever never <laughs> drive through that private property. It's also private property, so I probably can't anyway. Um. So thank you, Christine, for sending this um, and for validating that all of Westchester is just full of witches and creepy streets <laughs> and weird rock formations. I know. So far, because also D Danny's story is from Westchester, too. So, so far, I know. What the what, hell are you guys doing there? Westchester and Ohio. Oh, and we have one more Ohio story coming up. So literally, this story is about Westchester and Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I mean this episode. Um, but yeah, Christine, I remember that that road, Devil's Drive. I will never forget how scary it was. And I feel like we've seen like voodoo, like ritualistic candles and stuff like hidden in the woods. I remember when we were exploring it once. So creepy. Um, and I I also don't know the real name of the road, but for me, it'll always be called Devil's Drive. Um, Ooh. Yes. Man, we don't. Yeah, we don't have nearly as many in the Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx has other spooky things. I'm sure. This is true. This is true. Things that are cannot be confused with an urban legend because yes. they actually happen. Um, <laughs> okay, so our last story will absolutely send shivers up your spine. Um, our good friend Kelly submitted this story about a not so lovely experience in Loveland. Oh. Ohio. <laughs> so take it away, Kelly. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about my time in Grailville. Um, and for some background, Grailville is a community in Loveland, Ohio, on the outskirts of Cincinnati. And it's made up of just women. 
Um, and I don't really know much about it. I know that it is a religious community and they call themselves the Grail. Um, and it's, it's very rural. Um, and yeah, when you get there, there's not really much on, on the roads, but so basically one night in 2013, 2014, my friend and I were driving around Cincinnati and we're like, Ooh, let's go to Grailville. I had never heard of it. Um, but we decided to go. It was like a chilly, um, very dark fall night and we park the car and we get out and we walk down like this wooded path for a couple of minutes and then at the end of the path was a clearing just you know surrounded by tall trees but then in the middle of this clearing was like this huge structure of like poles like telephone poles maybe huge huge structure um and the poles had like like symbols carved into them and it was just very bizarre it was obviously dark it was dead silent there was nobody else there um and i just got this like incredibly eerie feeling and i was like oh my god i hate this i i i want to leave um so we go back we get in the car and we're just kind of driving around grailville um trying to find the exit i guess and um we pass like a church and there was nothing um else in the neighborhood really besides this church and in the church there was one red light on i don't know what it was i don't know why it was on um but yeah it was just it was incredibly spooky and i just remember that night i was terrified i was so scared to go to bed i was like spooked for days after and i i've done a little bit of research on grailville since then just because i've been interested in like in like the history or if anyone else has also had like a spooky experience there and i i know that there is like a cemetery in grailville that's just for women who are members of the grail um and yeah, it's just some sort of organization that is um, for Catholic women, I believe. And um, yeah, it's like nobody else really goes into Grailville besides women who are a part of the Grail. So I think that it, maybe, maybe we could do a little bit of research on it, but it's just, all I know is that my experience was really bizarre. Um, I saw... I think of really weird structures and I think that the whole church situation was very bizarre as well. And so, yeah, that was my experience in Grailville. Thank you so much, Kelly. That is so creepy to me and it almost feels a little like cultish, that little mm -hmm. community, um, which, you know, some could say that religion is also a cult so i don't I, I mean hey it's it's an urban legend for a reason but uh that is yeah very creepy absolutely like that i would totally go check out things like like kind of cults or remnants of i don't know these like communities i'm very interested in yeah. um maybe not yeah, at definitely night, sounds though. like that probably during no. the day yeah no, no, no. Yeah, when it's completely bright outside yes. and, like, nothing 
seemingly could happen. Things could still happen. Not even overcast. I want, like, not a cloud in the sky, like, peak sunniness in the day. That's the only time I would go. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, no, that that, that did um, make me a little nervous. (laughs) But I would go check that one out for sure. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much, everyone, for submitting these stories. Um, and from a psychological perspective, urban legends, um, as a whole are pretty much a way to kind of like make sense of the world and to manage threat in a safe environment. Cause we are told these stories, um, you know, a lot of times for entertainment purposes to like spook people and freak people out, but in a way they're kind of told as precautionary tales so that you could kind of prepare for any kind of threat or any kind of like unexpected situation that you might find yourself in. And again, if it happens, you know, that's that's kind of up for interpretation, but um, that's kind of like the fun in it. Like, can it happen? Has it happened before? Will it happen to you or to someone you know? Yeah, I think it kind of fosters this like sense of community in a way, Jeff, right? Where like you could have really nothing in common with someone else, but your shared fears or your shared like experiences or just view on certain situations or areas are what you have in common. Um, And you can like kind of bond over that in a weird way. And that's what makes urban legends so relatable because it's like we all have heard some kind of iteration of of these in our own hometowns like we all heard about like a street that you know stay away from that street or like that creepy house or like you know yep. that restaurant that someone died in <laughs> i don't know <laughs> right but like exactly yeah it is and- just like this this shared experience that you really haven't experienced yourself but you have that shared fear you mm-hmm. know in regards to it yeah, absolutely. And I mean, urban urban legends, like, also provide a source of entertainment. Um, sharing them is, like, a form of social engagement and, you know, passing what you think is important information off to other people can feel like like you're doing some good or like you're being helpful, um, even if there's no evidence. So I think it's just, again, a way to connect with others without seemingly any information about them right because you know that you can bond over this thing or be scared together right (laughs) and and if if you think about like just society as a whole like the way that information was passed for a very long time was verbally and through storytelling so it's really powerful so in a way it is kind of cool that we still have even though the basis of this is like spooky and scary but we still have um we rely on that sort of like storytelling um as a means of information right and and like just because we don't have like proof that it it did happen doesn't mean that it's not possible or it hasn't happened somewhere else and like I think, again, like, we could take some lessons from, from these urban legends. And, like, best case scenario, our, can- our Halloween candy is fine. Worst case scenario, there might be something in your candy. But because of these urban legends, you were smart enough to check your candy due to, exactly. you know, due to a, pot- a potential threat that, you know, isn't likely to really occur. Absolutely. Absolutely. But. And, like, maybe you'll avoid kind of scary, dark streets, middle of the night with no one around, which you probably should anyway. Right. And maybe you don't go to some, like, religious commune in the middle of the night unless you are a member of that specific denomination. (laughs) But if you are invited, I say 
Forget it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe don't dine at a restaurant that might be haunted unless they have really good drink specials. <laughs> or unless your name is Jeff Scott and you yes. just want to. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) We're both like, ah, just another uh, day, another episode. What a beautiful, (laughs) wholesome episode this was. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. President. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, truly, we hope that you all have have the best Halloween if you're listening to us first thing in the morning and if it's after hope you had a great time and were safe and wore some sick costumes and had really yummy candy yes without razor blades um without. But, <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back next week with another brand new episode yes and thank you for everyone that submitted a clip we love it yes we love you all all right uh bye everyone bye everyone. bye <laughs>